This episode of the Nerd Up Podcast made possible in part by Eagle Theater. Visit them online at eagletheater.net and by Classic Hits WTYE. Listen online at WTYEFM.com and made possible by proud supporters just like you. Now, come on, baby, tell me who's the nerd. Nerd up, y'all. N-E-R-D up. N-E-R-D up. It's time for the Nerd Up Podcast, and here's your pod hosts, Guilty Wilson. Nerd up. Welcome to another episode of the Nerd Up Podcast. I'm your host, Guilty Wilson. And your co-host, Tony Collins. And we're here to bring you some more fun and more excitement and everything else, right? That's absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, actually, we're more of co-parents of this little baby. Yeah, and we have screwed it up thoroughly. <laughs> it's not getting into college. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, we we bring together this uh, work of nerdiness to you know, make keep people informed sometimes. Sometimes it's just, we just like to babble. Yeah, that's pretty much you know. what it is. My wife won't talk to me about a lot of this stuff, so right. I have to have somebody to talk to, and it may as well be you fine folks. That's right. And, and the nice thing is you can't argue with us back. Well, I guess I've gotten a few emails sometimes. You can. <laughs> so, yeah, they can. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to talk with a friend of the podcast, Todd Black. He's uh, got, a, I think it's his final issue of Tokyo Blade Detective getting ready to come out. It kicked off on Kickstarter last night at the time of this recording, and it's going on right now on Kickstarter. Tokyo Blade Detective, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's the final issue. We'll ask him that when he gets on here. But uh, before we get to Todd, we're going to talk about Halo, Moon Knight, Picard, Star Trek Discovery. Uh, Star Trek's just ruling the world right now. I tell you what, over the last uh, last couple of months, I have just been wrapping myself in the warm blanket of, of all things Star Trek. Yeah, that's right. I've watched Picard. I've watched Discovery. I've watched Star Trek Prodigy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've even watched a couple of episodes of uh, Star Trek Enterprise oh. with Scott Bakula as Captain Archer. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's and the getting in prepared for uh, Strange New Worlds. Is that the name of it? Yes. Okay. That one is going to be phenomenal. I have, I have a funny feeling that that's going to be just great. I think so. so I mean... Picard's been great. Discovery's been hit and miss every so often. I mean, for the overall general, it's like, oh, it's okay. But they've never been great. But Picard, it's just rocks. Yeah, so, absolutely. But we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Also, we might mention Morbius later on, too. So it uh, depends. What, not so great reviews. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but, uh, for what it's worth, neither of us have seen it yet. But uh, the early reviews are not favorable. Yeah, and I'm just blaming that on the internet for right now. So. Yeah, for now. <laughs> so we'll be right back with some more Nerd Up podcast right after this. Have you ever wondered what makes Eagle Theater possible? It's you. In a world of Netflix, Amazon Prime, and YouTube, it's your loyalty to Eagle Theater that makes first-run movies here a thing. And we want to say thank you with the annual popcorn bucket. Buy the annual bucket and you're set to save. When you buy the bucket, we'll fill it for free. And each time you come back for another visit, we'll fill it for just $3.50. Buy the bucket, support the Eagle Theater, and save. And we're back. Not like we really left, though. No, we took a quick break. <laughs> we just long enough to go to. Uh, we didn't put on Stairway to Heaven, so we had to take a long potty break. But we, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anybody who knows radio back in the day, uh-huh. anytime you heard uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Yes. <laughs> Paradise by the Dashboard Lights was typically reserved for a DJ that needed to go number two. Yeah, because <laughs> it's eight minutes long. You needed that full eight <laughs> minutes to do your business. Uh, I, I tell you what, I loved around Thanksgiving, I'd always play the uh, 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 the song uh, Alice's Restaurant. 
Oh yeah, you know, I'd play that one because it's like twenty minutes. So yeah, that's it. You need to time. run down the street and grab a burger. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I can only really play that on Thanksgiving and legitimize it because otherwise, who's wanting to listen to a twenty-three minute song? Right. <laughs> so, or poetry maybe. Anyway, so let's talk nerdy stuff. Um, all right. So first of all, let's start out with Halo. Uh, how far have you got into the Halo? I've just watched the first episode, okay. so I'm one episode behind as of recording of this podcast. Uh, it's on my weekend watch list. Uh-huh. Uh, the beautiful thing about a lot of this stuff, uh, Halo, Star Trek, I have to uh, save it up during the week. Yeah, My wife works Saturdays <laughs> during the day, uh-huh. so I have a full eight or nine hours at home unsupervised so i get to watch all of my nerdy stuff Mm because then i don't have to hear her what kind of crap are you watching now (laughs) right well i'll tell you what i've got i have actually got my wife watching halo i don't know if she enjoys it yet or not (laughs) but i got her into mandalorian and boba fett and she loves those yeah but those are spaghetti i could not i could not get my wife into uh into boba fett book of boba no uh there was a there was a decided lack of grogu no i see (laughs) many of the episodes of Book of Boba, uh-huh. uh, in the episodes where Grogu showed up, uh-huh. she made me yell at her so she could come <laughs> in the room and watch the scenes with Grogu, but basically she was there for Grogu. Oh, okay. Well, so, well you know, at least she's there. Partially, yeah, she loved so. Mandalorian, and she watched every episode of it. Yep. So. And so did my wife. And again, uh, with uh, Boba Fett, basically along the same lines, it's a spaghetti western, so, yep. you know, she enjoyed it. But I can't get her into a lot of things, and I... I like again, Halo, I think maybe, and only because Isaac uh, was huge into Halo. I was back gonna in the day. say it has nothing to do with you. She's only there for Halo, right. <laughs> so she can talk to her son about yeah. something. Which let's talk about that. Here's here's the thing. My son Isaac, you know, people know him from the podcast in the past years. He uh, was a huge Halo player, and he will not watch this series. He says because Master Chief takes off his helmet. My son-in-law, uh, Timmy, asked me the same thing. He said, uh, so kind of begrudgingly, he said, have you watched Halo yet? And I said, yeah, I've watched first episode. Is it any good? I said, well, it's a sci-fi. Yeah, it's spectacular. And it, it's Halo. And the Master Chief is kind of badass. Yeah, yeah. I said, how sacred is Halo to you? And he goes, well, kind of sacred. It was the first first, you know, it was the first first person shooter I played a lot of. And mm-hmm. I went, OK, well, it's a good series. Special effects are off the charts. Yeah, I think it are. looks really good. It looks beautiful. Uh, Master Chief takes his helmet off in the first episode. And Timmy went, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's pretty much what Isaac said. No? Isaac said watching that would be like watching if they took away Deadpool's uh, voice and sewed his mouth shut. And I'm like. Uh- <laughs> yeah, no, didn't they do that? Deadpool went back and took care of that. That never existed, right? So that didn't exist. But so Just that that cleaning excuse, up the timeline. Yeah, that excuse I can see. But from what the telling of the story, uh, and I think you're gathering it. Just I, I'm I'm into the second episode. I watched it as soon as it dropped yesterday, and uh, I think that. Um, uh, that it's a prequel to the whole game, right. and so it makes sense. And plus, when he does make sense, he shows. I guess it's not really that much of a spoiler, but anyway, the girl that he's they told her to execute, she's like a teenage girl, and he decides not to execute her, and he kind of goes against the rules and sneaks her off. But it's like he takes his helmet off to show her that he's human, basically. Right, and that's the thing, you know, through the propaganda, she's been led to believe that the Spartan warriors right. are that the Spartans are. 
just mindless killing machines right. and they're not real people. And so that I think in the context of the story, him taking off his helmet, I think, made total sense. Very much so. I mean, uh, well, like in the the Mandalorian, they never really moved their helmet. There's one or two, one episode that he removed his helmet. It made sense why. Right. <laughs> but he did remove his helmet. But yeah. But no. And and like I said, I think it's a prequel. I think uh, at least the way they're gathering because they haven't found the halo yeah, yet. It, yeah. It certainly feels like that. That yeah. maybe this was what happened prior, just prior to uh, when the first video game yeah. begins, I think. I think, I, yeah, I wonder, I, I remember right, one like, of the Halo games actually, like Halo 4 or something was like a prequel to the first Halo game. I think they did something tricky like that, but I think this is even a prequel to that. So. Right. Uh, well, like the first Halo game, if I remember right, and it's been a hot minute since I played any Halo, yeah. uh, didn't it start out with... Master Chief waking up out of stasis. Something like that, yeah. In, in, in like a spaceship crash or something like that. I think so. It's been, again. Because it seems I to me that was, sure. you know, that was kind of the um, tutorial stage, so to speak. Yeah, is yeah. Master right. Chief waking up and look left, look right, look up, look down as you calibrate your yeah your heads up display yeah i think you're right I, and I so that. i'm wondering if this this series will end with that crash it could yeah you know and, and that's maybe the thing. maybe season two kind of picks up exactly where the first game does yeah you know who and, knows and and the thing is like i said the the covenant they're still looking for the halo and the now in this latest latest episode, they've gotten one step closer to finding. And, and again, they call it the ring, right? And uh, because they don't know yet. Well, you know, I know <laughs> where the halo's at. Huh? Uh, it's just outside of uh, whatever that space station was that Mando was on, or that uh, Boba and Mando were on. All right, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's right. The Halo was straight up there. Hey, ring worlds are are, are good things. Apparently, <laughs> so yeah, and 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 you know what? And with this, like you said, it's a very nicely done. It's beautiful. The effects are just wonderful. It really is a great sci-fi series. Yeah, and I, yeah, whether you're a Halo fan or not, I think it's a I think it's a fun sci-fi series, and I'm interested to see how the how it goes. Again, I played Halo. It was never sacred to me. It was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, now I played enough Halo that the minute that music hits, yeah. I go, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's that music. It's the Star Wars theme. It's yeah. the Star Trek uh, theme. You know, when those there yeah. are certain music beds that hit and immediately I get, oh, <laughs> yeah, Mormon tingly, little, little chill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that uh, with this one, it's like there's like when the scenes come up. Uh, where they you all you start hearing that in the background the the, the Halo yeah. theme music and you're like uh oh something's gonna happen because yeah. <laughs> you just know but nothing really ever happens drastic though it's just like uh uh you got my attention and I'm paying the you know for the rest of the show yeah. but, but no it's again it, even if they didn't say it was Halo I mean it would still be a good science fiction series yeah. and at least so far I mean I, I'm I'm only in episode two. So they could go, to, you know, go to hell from three on. Well, so I don't know. Thing. You know, I tend to hold my judgment for a lot of these shows until the entirety of the season right. is over. I yeah. know, uh, you know, with Moon Knight, oh, we're yeah. one episode into Moon Knight. But I know a lot of the Moon Knight faithful from Marvel Comics are a little pissed yeah. at the kind of disjointed way this particular episode was presented and the fact that we didn't start out right. with a backstory with Mar- Mark Spector, Mark Spector <laughs> yeah. running into Conchu. Now I think we're going to get that story and I think it's told in such a, in the way that it is so that you as the viewer are 
slightly unsure of exactly what yeah. the hell's going on too. Yeah, yeah, just like Oscar Isaac's character is like uh, right. what 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 is where did this come from? Why am I waking up in the middle of the woods or the field or yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's again, people got to realize this is 10 episodes. This is a 10-hour movie. Yeah. Wait till the end. <laughs> well, and, and uh, actually, Moon Knight is only six episodes. Oh, it's a so six-hour six okay. okay. movie. Six-hour movie. But still, yeah. <laughs> Give it it's, time. It's called storytelling. Yeah. And I tell you what, I think Oscar Isaac, whenever I first heard that he was cast, and I'm like, I don't know how that's going to fall. But watching it, it's like, oh, yeah, Oscar Isaac pulls it yeah, off. Yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> he's good. And uh, I've never doubted his acting. Yeah, but, you know. I knew it was, uh, was going to be a different Marvel series yeah. when it starts off with, oh, boy, smashing the glass and putting the glass shards in his shoes. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Yeah. Holy. <laughs> like, oh, all right, well, that kind of sets the tone for what, what's to come. Yeah, yeah. And then and that was uh, and that what got, grabbed me from the beginning is the fact that they use Bob Dylan yeah. music at the opening. And I'm like, all right, you're in. I'm all in. Right, you're in. We, we got <laughs> This is going to be good. But uh, yeah. And then the thing is, people give it a chance. Just like Halo. Give it a chance. Right. Both of those movies. In fact, uh, our series, both of them, it's it's a series. Wait. Well, you know? and again, I go back to you and I are uh, of an age where we can remember that comic book movies weren't a viable thing. Yeah. And when we did get comic book movies. They were kind of half-assed, slapped together, <laughs> yeah. you know, outside of, you know, Superman or 89 Batman. But there's a Fantastic Four movie running around out there that was so bad, it just was never actually <laughs> they released. They couldn't release it, yeah. You know? so the <laughs> hey, fact, we've got the DVD of that right behind me. Yeah. So, yeah. so the fact that we... Um, the, the fact that we are getting so much comic book-based yeah. stuff now that we can bitch about Moon Knight yeah. <laughs> is kind of spectacular. I mean, you got, and plus you realize you got 80 years worth of comic books to tell the story. So right. they're not going to get it all done in one episode. Right. So and, and Moon Knight, while it was not, I don't think it was actually a regularly published. It was like every so often you'd be new issues come out. Right. Or and, there was or there'd be you know, like the, a, the odd uh, team up. Yeah. Books yeah. Where it was. Uh, what do they call them? The Midnight Sun. Yeah, yeah, and and where they'd show up and like, oh, okay, that's my Moon Knight. I like that, and I liked Moonlight back in the comics. But again, and I, I knew that going that how the origin sort of did, and I'm kind of liking the fact that they can give me the origin right off the bat. Well, and I may you know? have to, I may have to go back and double check the first episode I saw on. Uh Saw on TikTok. <laughs> I saw on TikTok somebody say that there's actually an Easter egg in the first episode of Moon Knight on one of the wall on a wall in one of the episodes. If you pause it, there is a QR code. If you scan that what? QR code, really, you actually get a free. Uh, downloadable PDF version of Moon Knight's first appearance in Marvel Comics. Oh, my the actual, gosh. The full comic. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to look for that now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Which I thought, hell, that's kind of, I mean, you could probably go online and find the QR code and just scan it from probably, there. But, but it'd be more fun doing that. Yeah. But I thought, <laughs> all right, first off, who the hell is watching the episode going, wait, was that a QR code? Hang on. I need to pause it. Well, you now know. what happens if I scan? Oh, look at that. <laughs> there more are power people. to these people who find all of the Easter eggs. Yeah. And, you know. And, and that's what, uh, like, uh, the people that do the, uh, uh, all the Easter eggs, those things you may have missed. Uh, right. What's the guy's name that you and I pay attention to? Oh, a lot? Um, uh, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> that's what I yeah, said. Yeah, it's a uh, new rock star. Yeah, that's it. Eric Rockstar. Voss. Yeah, Eric, Eric Voss on new rock stars. After I, after I watch, uh, uh, like, Loki, after every episode, I would go back and watch his recap because uh -huh. he, would, he would always do it. I'm now at the point where I'm going to wait till the season's done because I, I, I don't want any spoilers because he, he'll point out things. I'm like, and then later on in the episode or the series, they'll come back and point to the things that he pointed at. And I'm like, oh, I wish 
I'd have waited for right. that. So, but yeah, he's always great for recapping these um, these little Easter eggs, and uh, yeah, and that's the thing. It's Marvel. They're going to put Easter eggs in, and QR code that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I have to check that yeah, out. Yeah, so that's, I'm going to have to look further. Like I said, I just uh, literally an hour before we sat down to record this, saw that on TikTok and thought, well, I'm going to have to check that out. And that's a real Easter egg because that's something you get to take with you after watching. You know, you right. download it to your phone, you can watch it, read that comic anytime. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so, all right. So Halo and Moon Knight put them together right there. Basically, people give them a chance and, yeah. if, and just be open minded. And I again, I appreciate Halo for being really good science fiction. I appreciate Moon Knight for being it's a character that it's not hugely common in the Marvel world. Well, And I think one of the things that excites me a little bit is that uh, Disney seems to be embracing a little bit more the. Um, R-rated mm-hmm. side, mm-hmm. Of, you know. Now you can find all of the R-rated Netflix yep. comic Marvel stuff yep. on Disney. Yeah. Now you have to go into your Disney Plus account in the back end. Uh, yeah, you have to and change. You have that to now. change your ratings, otherwise that stuff won't show up. Yep. So you have to go tell it that you're willing to see mature content. It's funny because that uh, that popped up whenever I logged in uh, before Moon Knight uh, ever came out. Uh, I logged in and it said you can you need to change your ratings to and oh I do. And then it then it said all right Isaac also has a, a you know an a account on ours you know and it, it says. Can Isaac view these things? And I was so badly like, no. <laughs> no. Nope. And then I'm like, he's I'll gonna let need him. a pen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll let him. <laughs> but uh, first, but then again, I don't think he's watching these things because he's too good for it. So, <laughs> my son's a Marvel hipster <laughs> or a video nerd hipster or something. I don't know. One of those that was good back before. Before back when nobody was watching it. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So, well, let's move on to uh, some Star Trek stuff. Uh, I mean, Star Trek is just flooding the world right now and i'm glad i mean yeah as a star trek fan i cannot i mean i was thinking about it last weekend when i'm plowing through half dozen episodes of star trek prodigy Uh which is a nickelodeon series clearly designed for a younger audience yeah but still quality storytelling within a corner of the Star Trek universe, yeah. and I, I fully support that. Well, I finally got past the episodes where it's now, okay, I can see what, how, what it's got to do with Starfleet. Because at first I'm like, that's got no, what? No, that's not. That's just silly cartoons. And then I got past that and I'm like, okay, these kids are going to be, okay, right. not, settle down. It's good. And again, it, it's set for kids. Right. It's pretty good watching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going into it expecting a mature adult content, you're not getting you that. ain't getting that. The characters <laughs> are cartoony and brightly colored and yes. you know and i would say it absolutely has the same visual style as as the star wars stuff uh star wars oh. rebels yep, yep, and things yep. like that i can see that so yeah so we got that for the kids they're bringing the kids up right now <laughs> on star trek and then uh we've had star trek discovery for a while and they they ended that season and it could be from and i think we've talked about this in fact that could be the end of the series or it could be just the end of the season. Either way, I'm good. Yeah, either way, I'm good. Discovery, for me, has been one of those that uh, I have enjoyed watching it, but it has never been my favorite. Right. I think they made some really screwed up choices. Especially in the, the first, first episode, yeah. or yeah. the first season. Yeah, that first season was rough. And they've spent every season since that first season trying to right the ship yeah. and correct. And yeah. 
And I think they finally got, and I, I love the idea. I thought they're, you know, going beyond the galaxy's edge or whatever that was. Uh, and I thought that was a great way. And I thought that would be perfect for them to start out the next season. Right. But they came back. Yeah. I honest <laughs> to God, when they, when they, cause they made a very specific point in that episode of saying, we've blown out the spore drive and it'll take decades to use warp yeah. to get back home. Yes. I thought, okay, now they're going to do a Star Trek Voyager kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. And they're going to be stranded outside of Galaxy's Edge and we'll get. Fine. Then we'll get a whole new crop of of and aliens can, that we've never seen. It's like opening the multiverse in Marvel. It's right. like you got uh, you could do anything now. Yeah. But they came back. Yeah. Then they're <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, again, that was an interesting that was an interesting storytelling choice. Yeah. That's up to you guys. And That's again, fine. maybe at the next season, if they have another season, they could say, "All right, well, since you guys did so well, let's, we're sending you back there." Right. And maybe that could be where it launches. Yeah. Hopefully, because it was. A nice little tease, anyway. Uh, but I think unknown is always good. But I think the one I'm looking forward to the most, and mm-hmm. have been since it was announced, is Strange New Worlds. Yeah, you know, um, Christopher Pike was one of my favorite parts of the uh, the Star Trek Discovery when when they crossed paths with Pike and yeah, the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, those were some of my favorite episodes. Yep. And, and and the guy they got playing looks like the original from the o- original series. Christopher Pike has got enough resemblance, uh-huh. acts like him, and and the number one, yeah, ooh, Rebecca Romain. She even looks like I forget the lady's name that played her in the begin in the first one, but anyway, she even kind of looks like, and they both kind of resemble, but they're acting and they're and the and the mission is all the same, and it's like that's back to original Star Trek right yeah. there. So I'm, I'm I'm ready for that one. Yeah. Now the I'm, one <laughs> the one I am the one I'm can't wait to see is how they address the absolute foobard nature of the Klingons <laughs> that Discovery launched. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Discovery was supposed to have happened before Kirk's Enterprise, right. but clearly at about the same time as Pike's Enterprise. Right. <laughs> and I know throughout the entire history of Star Trek, the Klingons have gone through a myriad of design changes. Even Worf on Next Generation yeah, yeah. Looked a little different from season one to the final season. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was there was some design choice differences. His hair but got shorter for sure. What the <laughs> hell, Discovery did to the Klingons? I don't understand. And it didn't. And it just didn't make any sense because they've already, you know, they already, uh, you know, said that there was something that happened between, let's say, Discovery or uh, uh, Next Generation and the original series, where the, you know, the original series, we understand why they did Klingons like that. Right. They had a low budget, and they weren't. They prosthetic makeup wasn't really a thing for TV series. Right. Uh, so they just made people and painted their faces a little bit and gave them a nice, cool goatee. Yeah, gave them a goatee and a food. Manchu yeah, and, and that, you know, and that was it. But I, so I understand why they did it. But and then next generation, I love that there's a, a thing that Worf said. Maybe it might have been in uh, D- Deep Space Nine. Yeah, it was in Deep Space Nine. Was it where he said we don't talk about that? Right. Yeah. And <laughs> so. then uh, Enterprise actually had a two or three episode story arc, kind hmm. of completely built around the thing that Klingons don't talk about. No. Okay. Okay. That tried to help explain. What exactly happened? Oh, I did, so. see again. I never watched Enterprise, so I got to have to watch that now. So okay, so with this, maybe Pike will help clean it up even better. I hope so. But yeah, when Discovery, when they brought not only not only weird looking Klingons, but different color. Klingons, right? And I mean, not just like oh, white, black, you know, <laughs> right? Asian. I'm used, to, I'm used to different colored Klingons. I mean, <laughs> right. Let's face it, uh, Doc Brown was a Klingon, but a blue- in a couple of episodes, <laughs> that's right? That's you know, right. Uh, Christopher Lloyd played a Klingon in a in a, in a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. 
So I got, but when when they had a Klingon that was Blue. damn near purple, yeah, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> like wait, that doesn't make sense. Even one that was like a pearlescent white. Yeah, <laughs> the hell. Wasn't there like an orangish one too? Yeah, and well, like, that was the Donald Trump of Klingon. <laughs> okay, no, that I understand then. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, and I just it's like why 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 did you do that? And I, I just didn't never get get that. And they tried to clean it up afterwards. Or actually, what happened is they just said, okay, we won't mention Klingons again. <laughs> Apparently, that's a soft spot. Well, yeah, you know, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, even in Discovery, when they are working on rebuilding the Federation, yeah. they never even mentioned That's right. the Klingon Empire. That's right. They didn't mention Klingon. They never mentioned Kronos. Nothing. Yep. It's like Klingons do not exist a thousand years in the future. Yeah. I is, mean, we got Cardassians a thousand years in the future, right. but, oh, no, we're going to keep up with the Cardassians a thousand years from now. <laughs> Well, you know, I'd be more oh, interested different. in that show. <laughs> True. Wouldn't that be cool? The guy keeping oh, up with the Kardashians, I would be more interested in than keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. What's what's that guy's name that was on uh, Deep Space Nine? The lead Kardashian. Uh, I can't remember. I used to know his name. Anyway, if he were in a show and it was his family at home, you know. That would be awesome. Yeah, I would. I would so watch that. Paramount, I got your next task. How has someone not done a parody? <laughs> right, you know that would be so cool. That's, that's some low hanging fruit right yeah, there. Yeah, and uh, uh, Kim Kardashian could marry uh, <laughs> Kanye Ferengi. There you go. <laughs> so, there you go. I, we can do this. Well, so. see, even uh, even the J.J. Abrams uh, in the. The Star Trek movies, uh-huh. uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, I think is. I think that's the one. Wow, watch is that the one with Khan that wasn't Khan that was Khan yeah, I think with so. Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a redesign of the Klingons even in that movie. Yeah, yeah. And I was okay with it because they still looked. They still look Klingony. Klingony. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's the right word. Well, that's know, now in the Urban Dictionary. Yeah. So. <laughs> because most of the Klingons we saw in Next Generation era yeah, yeah. were were very distinctive. They yeah. had the they had the ridged forehead. They had typically long hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the J.J. Abrams, they had the ridged forehead. They just basically shaved their head. So yeah. they were kind of bald. The one that we really got a good look at was bald. I thought it was kind of a badass choice, too, in the J.J. Abrams one to have him uh, like have piercings. Yeah, yeah. And the cranial ridges. Yep. I thought, all right, that looks kind of cool. And you think, you know... And if I were a badass warrior race, I'd, I'd probably be, pierce my cranial Right, ridges. exactly. That's, I mean, that, if nothing else, a rebellious teenager would, so... Yeah, tracks, you know. <laughs> it, it makes sense. But, uh, again, I got upset when Worf got his hair short, so yeah. it's like, wait, what? That's not a Klingon. Now we're talking about whole body issues. Yeah. <laughs> so Well, and my biggest... One of my biggest issues with the Klingons from Discovery... Uh, was more from a from a storytelling standpoint or an acting standpoint. They had so damn much prosthetics on yeah. that it was hard for the actors and actresses to communicate and emote yeah. through all of that crap. Yeah, that that is true. There were some. I had to have subtitles on. on a couple well, I, of I mean, that was uh, one of Gene Roddenberry's um, visions, and that's why all of the aliens in Star Trek look the way all of the aliens in Star Trek do. They look basically humanoid yeah. with slightly different facial features. Yeah, yeah. You know, slightly different anatomy features. I right, guess. right. 
because he still wanted them to have that basic human humanoid aspect. Humanoid yeah, 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 look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That way, we as a viewing audience could identify with even the aliens. Right. Yeah. 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 And and I mean, even if they just painted one half of their face black, one half white, that was still oh, right. it's an alien. <laughs> no, no, it was one half of their face black and the other half white. Oh yeah, not one half white one. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, and, it, and, and that's the thing with uh, the Klingons and hopefully, uh, 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 what is that? In Strange New World. Strange New World. Hopefully that will fix it and we can stop arguing about this. Or not yeah. arguing, but just like, why? Well, and okay, <laughs> I've got the perfect, I think I have the perfect solution. All right. Okay. The Klingons that we saw in Discovery mm-hmm. were representatives of the royal family. Essentially, the Klingon royal families. Mm-hmm. They were the pure-blooded Klingons. Okay. The Klingons that we have moving forward in, like, Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, that was more the warrior class of Klingons. Okay, okay. Which are why they look the way they do. Okay. Because they, you know, the in the royal family, there's been a lot of crossbreeding, yeah. and that's why they look a little funky. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm going to go or with. Or more interbreeding. So. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of inbred funkiness yeah. going on. And yeah, you know what? That's, that's, that's why legit. the Klingon royal family looks a little wonky. That's a legit reason. That's a, I like that. So like that's that. what I'm going to go with. Because the warrior class, they had to be hardened and toughened, and yeah. so they have to have those, you know... Okay. All right. I, I can buy that. So maybe they'll fix that. So. Yeah. All right. So Star Trek, I mean, this is a great time to be a Star Trek fan. It is. Uh, Picard. Picard has been spectacular. Uh, Picard, I'm I, as a Next Generation fan, mm. Next Generation was my sacred cow. Right. I abs- And I still watch Next Generation, Voyager. Uh, I never got into Deep Space Nine as much, uh, but that era of mm-hmm. Star Trek right. is my bread and butter. Yeah. Um, so when I heard Picard was going to be doing a series, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I love Patrick Stewart, but the dude's not getting any younger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the story what? they told in season one was scratched awesome. every friggin' itch I had yep. as a TNG fan. Yep. The story that they're telling in season two is scratching a lot of those same itches. Oh, yeah. Cause uh, yeah. anytime you bring Q in. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yes, and 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 heck, they're they bringing Guinan in and making Guinan a Guinan a major yeah, part of the story. Guinan's a major badass, and I really oh, yeah. love the actress that they have playing young Guinan. Young Guinan, yeah, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg was in the first episode of the second season mm-hmm. as Guinan, but again, that's. You yeah, know, a thousand years. Or, well, you know, a hundred years. Yeah, <laughs> removed from next generation or whatever the hell it is. Because yeah. I'm still not entirely sure how old uh, Picard's supposed to be. Because now he's got this synthetic android body. And yeah, so. yeah. And then, well, and then there's the also the thing with uh, Q. I loved it when his first appearance was like it was young Q. It was uh, you know, yes. it, he was young, and he goes, oh well, let me catch up. Oh, snap, <laughs> mon capitan. Yeah, you have aged far more oh, than I would have expected. Wasn't that cool just to hear Q? You say, oh, oh Mo Capitan. Mo Capitan. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yes, that's cute. And yes, then he I, ages. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to track that soundbite down for a, a liner for the station. There you, oh, yes, you will. <laughs> oh, Mo Capitan. Yeah. And then there's and then there's the. Uh, I guess it was the second episode where Q is like uh, he's watching, observing something, and they're supposed to be. He's supposed to be changing something in the year 2024. Is that what it is? Uh, somewhere around, somewhere there, around there. yeah. And he's supposed to be changing something that changes the timeline. And you show him back in the 2024, and he goes, well, that's... And then he snaps his fingers, nothing happens. Yeah. Ooh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. He snaps again, <laughs> yeah, nothing happens. Well, you know, I got a kick out of it in the first episode when he freaked out enough to 
straight up Will Smith, Captain Picard. <laughs> Is that a thing now? It's going to be a thing. Hell yeah. He Will Smith. I was going to say pimp slapping, but no, no Will no, Smith name is a, as a, that's a verb now. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But yeah, you're right. And it's so, yeah. And two old men fighting is always funny. So <laughs> yeah, it's always hilarious. <laughs> so I think Picard's going to really smash it. I think that's the one that's going to be uh, that and um, Strange, Strange New, New World. I think, I think. Are the, yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones that are going to be, okay, Star Trek's back on. Yeah. So, and well, I mean, it has been with Picard ever well, since the first season. And that's one of the things, and I know, again, it was one of the knocks of the first season of Discovery and every season of Discovery since then is it was supposed to be a prequel to yeah. Kirk's mm-hmm. Enterprise, but the technology on the Discovery was so <laughs> fastly yeah. head and shoulders yeah. above. <laughs> so <laughs> for my money, that never made sense to set it as a prequel to the OG series. Right. If you wanted to do Discovery, make it a thousand years in the future from TNG. Yeah. That way, yeah. you don't have to explain. You can go, the Klingons look different because of evolution. Yeah. And the technology looks different because it's a thousand years newer than the night. And now that they are a thousand years right. in the, uh, the, All of the that technology they're using, sense. yeah, the technology they're using now is like freaking cool. Yeah. It's also the 3D stuff coming up from and controls. It tracks. Yeah. It tracks. Oh, you yeah. Because it's way in the future. So I can wrap my puny little mind around that. They got themselves a little bit better when they went to right. the future. So. But I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to Strange New Worlds because mm, sure. the design of the Enterprise mm-hmm. in Strange New Worlds is mm-hmm. very much inspired by heavily the the original series Enterprise. Yeah. So Yep, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready. Get it to us now. Yeah, make it happen. <laughs> All right, let's talk about one more thing before. Make it so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, let's look, talk about one more thing before we uh, get over to Todd Black. But uh, Morbius uh, supposed to be. I mean, I've been a fan of Morbius from the Spider Man days. Uh, the comic, in fact, the '90s cartoon, the, the whole run where they did talked about Morbius's right. origin story was a really cool run in the '90s. That's the one with uh, Joe Perry from Meryl Smith doing the theme song. Anyway, <laughs> and that was my son's jam too. And and Morbius, but since we kind of bonded over, that's going to be a thing. But now I'm hearing these reviews, Tony. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I have not mm. heard a positive wow, uh, yeah. early review for Morbius. Uh, we're recording this podcast on the Friday that Morbius mm-hmm. drops in theaters. So there have been some, you know, uh, early screenings yeah, of yeah. it, people who went and saw it on the Thursday night when it premiered. Right. And I'm not hearing a lot of good. I know. I'm hearing that the script is disjointed. It doesn't make any damn. It was like Sony couldn't decide what story they wanted to tell. And I don't know if <laughs> things got muddied up during the pandemic and maybe that's part of the issue, mm-hmm. you know, right. or... <laughs> Maybe maybe people just got to stop casting Jared Leto and shit. <laughs> I like Jared Leto. I really do. But but yeah, and then or, or here's what the deal is. They usually cast Jared Leto cast Lair, Jared Leto in something and then they change the character that he's cast into. <laughs> like when he was the Joker. It was like that's not the Joker. Yeah. That's Jared Leto, but that's not the Joker. Right. And now in Morbius, however, all the pre that's the thing though. And that's the, the thing I've trailers. heard. That's what I've heard is that the 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 They've kind of done a bait and switch yeah. from the trailers to the movie. That's, That's what I've heard. I don't know. And I'm going to say I haven't seen it. 
but I've heard a lot of the shit that they dropped in the trailer mm-hmm. that made it kind of very tied to the MCU mm-hmm. uh, references to, well, like there's a scene in the trailer that we saw over and over again of Venom. Michael Morbius walking past a, oh. a big graffiti sign of Spider-Man with yep. murder over it. Apparently that scene's not in there and they yeah. make no reference to Spider-Man. Uh, the the one in the trailer where he he makes the joke about I am venom. venom. Apparently that's been removed. Oh man! So <laughs> well, what they leave in? <laughs> I don't we'll, know. We'll have to check it out this weekend. I think so. Yeah, I think so. That's uh, it's it's one of those that uh, it's what's a side. It was like Moon Knight. Morbius was never a major character right. in Marvel, but if if the story's told right, it could still be fun. So again, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave judgment for myself, well, not the people in line. But and I think. I think the issue is this is what happens when Sony yeah. tries to make a Marvel property. Yeah. With the Spider-Man No Way Home, that was a Sony jam, yeah. but it was deeply, deeply part of the MCU, oh, yeah, and Doctor Strange was in it, and yeah. Kevin Feige had oversight. I think if Kevin Feige had oversight of Morpheus, it'd probably be a hell of a di- or not <laughs> Morbius, yeah. not Morpheus, that's the Matrix. Sorry. That's the blue pill. <laughs> yeah, Morbius, it would be maybe a different movie, maybe a better movie. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's what I'm hearing, is that Sony kind of bum-jacked this, screwed the pooch, just... Well, that's what they did with the last Fantastic Four movie they did, yeah. and and it had nothing Holy to do crap on a cracker. It had yeah. nothing to do with the race casting uh, that that was a big deal, which to right. me was that not a big deal at all. It's just to do with that was a horrible script. Yeah, it was just a lousy <laughs> script. My, as Logan said, um, my son said that Sony needs to stick with making PlayStation exclusive video games yes. and get out of the movie business. Right? Yes, that's I, all there is to it. Turn that back over to Marvel. I mean, yeah. come on, yeah. And I, I don't know. Again, we'll see it. We'll find out, and we'll talk about it on, on a future podcast yeah. because I'm, I'm, I'm well, definitely going to see it. Yeah, that's the thing. All of the negative reviews aren't going to keep me away. No. Now I may walk out of the theater going, "Holy crap!" <laughs> right. But, or you could, or maybe it's like, "What were those people talking right. about?" <laughs> and that's the thing. I have a habit of um, enjoying these movies what? regardless. <laughs> what? You know, it, a movie's really got a blow for me to yeah. to really come down on it. I can't, I can't really think of a horrible <clears throat> movie that I've, I've really got to. I, I'm trying to think of one that just, I walked out and I'm like, well, I want my money back. M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. Never saw that, so. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's the only movie I've ever seen where I went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I can't think of one. And normally... Uh, you know, basically it comes a lot. I write, I used to write reviews of books. I still do on occasion. I write reviews and, and I write, all my reviews are always positive. My wife asked me, well, why are you always positive about these books? I said, well, because I don't read a bad book. If a book is bad, I know it right off the bat and I don't finish reading it. Well, that's what Logan, my, my son was saying that I, I should do movie reviews. Mm-hmm. And I go, I don't want to do movie yeah. reviews. He said, well, why not? And I said, because then I'm forced to go watch all of the movies. Yeah. If I'm going to do the job and be it objective and honest, I have to go watch all the movies. And frankly, no. they're just some crap. I'm not interested in right, watching. Right. I love Sandra Bullock. I have no desire to see her and Channing Tatum in The Lost City. I don't even know what the hell that is. But that's one that I probably won't watch. Uh, Okay. I'm trying to decide if I want to go see X. Have you seen much about that? No, no. I've heard, I've heard it called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot. We oh, wanted, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's basically this group of uh, people who go out to the woods in the set late seventies to make a porn flick. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, the hilarity ensues. <laughs> and, it, and it becomes a slasher. Is this a Jed Bryan movie? <laughs> well, honest to God, man, that's when I've seen the trailers and kind of the, it very much has that uh, grindhouse oh, okay. sort of vibe to it. Okay. Well, then, so, then you take it for what it is. Yeah. You know? So I, I can decide if I want to see that, uh, but... Okay. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I'll go to a movie, and I go to a movie I want to go go see. Right. I mean, there's still some that I haven't seen that I want to go see, but when I do, it, I'm not going to go see the other crap they got showing. Right. <laughs> I'll watch the yeah, ones I want to I see. I recommend uh, The Batman. It's a good flick. Okay. I still haven't been to see Uncharted. I want to go see uh, it this too. weekend. Uncharted and Morbius are two that I will probably try to go see this weekend and next. Uh, Uncharted is still showing here at Eagle Theater in mm-hmm. Robinson mm-hmm. Uh, this weekend. I have That's a feeling good. it's probably not going to last much past this weekend. Yeah, it's, so been, I it's go, been there a minute. So yeah, yeah, I may go try to see it this weekend and Morbius sometime next week or next weekend. But uh, Both of those Sony properties, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but yeah, I mean, we'll give them a chance. I and mean, by the way, if you're in the Robinson, Illinois or Clinton uh, area, Check out Eagle Theater. Or Streeter. Or Streeter. They've got, yeah, they've got Streeter. They've got Clinton. They've got Robinson. And we encourage everybody to uh, support Eagle Theater. They're supporters of the podcast, and we certainly appreciate that. And they're the ones that keep us alive. Yes. <laughs> or at least they keep, keep us, us motivated. They keep us in popcorn and soda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I found out recently that uh, polyphenols, which are the antioxidants that uh, people are always looking for in fruits and vegetables, are higher concentrated in popcorn. Really? Yeah. So you can eat your popcorn and get your antioxidants. So there. Sweet. Right? And and even more so in the holes, which I like to chew on the un, uh, halfway popped popcorn. Oh, yeah. I love to chew those. So I'm getting even more. Well, there you go. Antioxidants. So there you go. So we'll be, ha- we'll be healthy at the Eagle Theater. <laughs> we're <laughs> going right. to get slammed because we're spreading misinformation. No, that's true. It recently came out. I read, I read about that. So, all right. Well, let's get ready for Todd Black. We're going to talk about some comic books from him and uh, see what else he's got going on in his crazy world. That's coming up. Just a moment on the Nerd Up Podcast. Prepare to be terrified. Lawford County Productions presents the unlisted owner director's cut. Featuring nine minutes of never-before-seen footage. Out now via Amazon Streaming and coming soon to Blu-ray and DVD. You've been warned. All right, welcome back to the Nerd Up Podcast. Uh, I'm still Guilty Wilson. I'm still Tony Collins, as far as I know. All right, and well, we got a guest with us. Uh, Everybody knows this guy. He's a friend of the podcast, Todd Black. Welcome back to the Nerd Up Podcast, Todd. Hello, and I am not Todd Black. I am the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Todd Black. I should have known. I I forgot that. (laughs) It's been a while. Uh, For those of you that don't know, which is weird, because if you're listening to the Nerd Up podcast, you should know Todd, because he's done some great comic book work. He's got the Guardian series. Uh, Let's see. uh, What was the one? Uh, Home uh, with the girl with the blue hair. I love that one. Right. Uh, You also had 10,000 Miles. Yep. And he's also written some regular novels based on Sherlock Holmes, which are fun reads, Todd. I love those. Thank you. And I, I think I've read two of those Sherlock Holmes uh, that you did. How many did awesome. you do of Sherlock Holmes? Uh, I have five, five, and then I started on the sixth one, and then it just stopped. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, writer's block? I will finish it. Oh, okay. Finish it. Okay. Well, you got. I guess you got a comic book to do. Yeah, and that's another thing. You've uh, had the Tokyo Blade Detectives, and that's what we're going to talk about today is specifically. 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 That word just didn't want to come out of my mouth. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll talk, Because you just launched, and as of recording, you as of midnight last night, you launched the Kickstarter for your next issue. 
Yes, and 13 hours later, we're already funded. Oh, really? Is that right? I haven't even got a chance to get on there yet. Good. That's all right. Oh, oh but well, you will. Oh, I will. Pledge will. Yeah, I, well, I can't. I've got the first several issues. How many issues? What issue number is this? Five? Five. Okay, yeah. So I've got the first four. I have there to complete go. the series. There you go. <laughs> so, and I was actually drawn into two out of the four, first four. It well, and, and we, we probably need to uh, make some clarification. When you and I were talking earlier, we thought maybe that this was the final. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he tells us, no, uh, this is the beginning of an entirely new arc. Yeah. Uh, now, I can understand the confusion because uh, the series you ref- referenced earlier, Home, mm-hmm. was, a, was a five-issue miniseries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tokyo Blade Detectives is an ongoing series. Oh, is that right? Kind of like Guardians was. I'm oh. going to keep writing this until I have no ideas left for it. And I've got <laughs> plenty of ideas for this. So, th- basically, this storyline is treating you right. So Yeah. Okay, good, good. Because I'm enjoying reading them. They're fun. And it's it's I love the artwork in it as well. It's kind of an anime-esque uh, artwork is. and it's just I, ca- I call it my anime comics so. no, okay okay well it makes it and it's just really cool stories and action there's some good action in it too you need to turn it into a movie <laughs> no i want to turn it into an anime oh yeah, yeah of course yeah <laughs> and that would be it Obviously. would work too so well, that, that's the intention yeah exactly so all right so todd this is issue number five and you just launched it on kickstarter let's yep. talk about first what is tokyo blade detectives what's the whole right. story so for those who have not read the series before, Tokyo Blade Detectives is set about 200 years into the future. The nation of Japan has been ravaged by war, burned to the ground, and rebuilt with technology, like futuristic technology. And to try and stem the tide of madness that has happened to them over these decades, they make a law that no one can break. No guns allowed. Mm-hmm. And this creates a power vacuum so they use this incredible technology to make laser shorts. <laughs> and that Wait. gives right is that lightsabers? No, no. Can't say that. Can't say that. <laughs> they laser are, swords. They are laser katanas. <laughs> among other things. There are other blades in there, but yeah, right. it's katanas for the most part. Um, and so they make these laser swords, and this gives rise to five factions that try to overthrow the government. Tokyo mm. is in perpetual state of chaos because of it. And we are following the story of a 16-year-old girl named Miko, who is a detective, and She's thrown into all this chaos, and in the first arc, which I will not spoil, mm. uh, she gets a case that sets up the entire series. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, this arc is uh, a, a completely new story about Miko and her uh, business partner, Michio, as they are going to get hired by a businessman to protect him from a group of assassins known as the Ninetales. Mm-hmm. That's not easy <laughs> to do. <laughs> yeah. well, well, now, why isn't it easy to do? Okay, uh, in, as I noted, there were five groups called Five Factions uh-huh. uh, rising up to try and take over in their own way. Um, the, the Nine Tails are specifically nine very talented people who are assassins, and they are so well-versed in their art of killing <laughs> and the technology that they wield that they can... If you're marked for death by them, you're you're pretty much dead. Okay. <laughs> you so, know, what? and I love the fact that you tied in the Nine Tails mythology from uh, from yes. Japan. I yeah, love that Japanese mythology. culture. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I I went deep. I guess to, with, well, with Tokyo Blade Detectives, I tried to be as authentic to Japan as possible. Uh, like for example, I I referenced this to Shibuya uh, via the Scramble Crossing. I showed that in issue four. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, we have a group called the Tao, which is about Taoism, which is a religion in Japan. Yep. It, was, it started in China. I know it started in China, but it came over to Japan. Right. Uh, the Nine Tails are reference to the Nine Tailed Yokai, and then of course we've got the group called the Yokai, which are my terrorists. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we have uh, the Empress, who which has never been an Empress, so that that kind of ties into certain right. past elements of Japan. Um, the Ronin kind of speaks for themselves, you know, uh, samurai without a master, and we will meet the samurai oh. eventually. Oh, eventually. So, <laughs> so I love, yeah. yeah, you you did a deep dive in this stuff. So this this is my love letter to not just anime in general and all the shows I grew up on, but to Japan because I I love this country despite me never having been there. It's on my bucket <laughs> list, right? And I've played so many games that have been like set in Japan. I've seen so many shows that have been set in Japan and everything, and. I wanted to be as deep and as fun, and I was just like, "What?" And I wanted to include the nine-tailed fox because that's been used in various places, like in Naruto and, and all the other places yep. and all the other shows. So I'm like, "How could I make it?" So I thought, "What if each tail is one person?" Ooh, and, yeah, yeah. And as you're going sense. to discover, this is a small spoiler. Uh, as you're yeah. going to discover, each rank of tail is a deadlier assassin. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Kind of so, like that uh, Bruce Lee movie where each level of the house was a tougher right. opponent. Oh, nice. Go. Nice. Well, you know what? It's weird because you mentioned that the nine tails, the reason it stands out for me is because first of all, I played Pokemon back in the day, still do. And nine tails is one of the characters based on that mythology. When I've seen yep. it come up even more so is in Shang-Chi. There was a nine tails. There was a, um, uh, uh, well, in in uh, Lovecraft country, Lovecraft country, that's wasn't one. There, a, there was an a nine tails, yeah. uh, demon that, uh, yeah. So it's coming up a lot. So uh, now, when you bring this up, it's like to me, I'm thinking of synchronicity that I have to now buy this book. Well, I'm I'm <laughs> very excited about it, and listening to uh, listening to you talk about it, I'm trying to figure out how the hell this isn't already a a, a Netflix anime or Amazon Prime kind of show, right? Well, how the hell I, is somebody I not? I, I don't know if I go to Netflix. I've heard some. Odd things about their animation process, and I wouldn't want my stuff to be butchered by that. So, <laughs> just saying. I hear you. Well, you might try Amazon Prime because what they're doing with Vox Machina is pretty good. So, but anyway, oh, yeah, I've heard great things. Yeah. So, but that's a, that's a, that's in your future. Uh, let's talk about oh. your, your Kickstarter for this. Uh, what can you tell me? Uh, what some of the uh, levels are that uh, what people can get? Because that's what I like about Kickstarter is not just you get the item that's uh, being uh, you know funded, but you know some people throw in extras that you can bid and get you know get a little bit extra here and there. Throw in some of those. Let's see hear what some of these tiers are. Absolutely. So uh, because this is my which what number is this? I think it's close to my fifteenth. I think well, it's, it's I've done I've wow. done over ten. Oh I've yeah, I know you've done a lot. <laughs> I know I've done a lot. Um, I, I have learned to make sure that I have rewards that encompass all walks of life and ones that I am able to actually do. Like, that's the big thing is if you put rewards out, you got to make sure you can actually do them. Mm -hmm, Otherwise you get in trouble. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so for example, I know that especially in the hard times we are still in and Gil, I know you know this, um, That's not, that's, not, that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, like I have a $1 award reward tier. Yeah. You want to pledge and just get a dollar. I, I appreciate that. And that helps me with my personal goal of getting to a hundred backers at the time of this recording, we were at 28. So that's a really good start ah. for like 14 hours. in. Um, so I don't mind you pledging $1. If you pledge $3, you get the digital copy of Tokyo Blade Detectives number five. Perfect for those who have been with the series for a while. Right. If you have not read any of Tokyo, which is fine. <laughs> um, I have a $10 digital reward where you can get, Issues one through four and five. Oh, wow. So one shot, it's five issues for 10 bucks. That's $2 per issue. So that's actually pretty good. That's really good. Yeah. And then uh, for also for $10, you could get a physical copy of TBD number five. So for those who want to have the comic in your hand, which yeah, I know uh, that's are me. plenty of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's me hey, for that, sure. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Um, and then 
as Gil mentioned, I have made a lot of comics and books in my life. So I have made a $15 super digital reward where if you pledge $15, you will not just get Tokyo Blade Texas number five or one through four, should you need it. You will get every single comic and novel I have ever made. Wow. Wow. Which is, <laughs> That's which is over 40 books yeah. for 15 bucks. That's not bad at all. <laughs> yeah. So, and we already got a couple of people pledging to that. And uh, my Dropbox is literally full of all those issues because I was like, Dropbox, like, uh-huh. everyone gets the Dropbox. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and there have been some additions since last time. Uh, Gil, including a certain wrestling comic that I made for an AEW wrestler. So what? Kid you not? I didn't. I didn't know this one. Hold on. <laughs> it's okay. But yeah. So there, there's that one. Mm-hmm. Um, another one I personally like is that at twenty five dollars, I will do a portfolio review for uh, someone who is trying to make a comic and has a script that they want looked over by someone who's made comics. Oh, nice. I happily do that. Nice. Uh, our favorite reward. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, Sorry, for $30, if you want all of Tokyo 1 through 5 in physical copy, we have that, $30. Mm. Uh, the $50 reward is our most popular to this day. Um, you get drawn to the book. That's the one I like. <laughs> yeah, well, you get drawn to the book. That's the one that Gil and his crew has, has had happen multiple times. Well, that's the thing. And now, thanks to you, I can now say that I, I'm a star of film, stage, comic, and ra- comic books, and radio. So. Nope. And he does every time. Yeah. There's a pause in the conversation. It's like, by the way, I'm. A- Oh. <laughs> That's right, and I got the comic. I got the printouts of the pages that I'm in from your comic uh, hanging on the wall. So there you go. <laughs> All right, uh, and then at the last two are uh, we have a seventy-five dollar reward where I will walk you step by step on how to make a comic from uh-huh. making the, making the script, making revisions, finding an artist. If you want to do a Kickstarter, I'll help you out with that. Um, wow. I, I want to help people make comics because. Many have helped me make comics. I want to return the favor. That's super and, nice, man. Yeah, and then finally, we have what we call Tokyo's Ultimate Comic Package, which a friend of mine has already pledged to. Uh, you will get every comic I have ever made <laughs> in physical copy. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much all. I, there's like one or two I can't give because certain publisher reasons but right uh but the, but you'll get guardians home to thousand miles tokyo blade texas but i might throw in an extra one or two wow so yeah, all for 150 dollars. that's not bad at all because <laughs> yeah. because again you've got a huge library of stuff you created and you know what i totally lo- love and respect the idea that you're, you're there not just to put out your own comic but you said i'll help you out too and that, yeah. that's a great way because you know that creates more comics for anyone in the future uh, you know, somebody that might not have been thinking about doing a comic, but they had this story, and now they might come up because I can't stop reading comics. <laughs> Keep them coming. So, <laughs> well, that, I mean, it sounds like some great ways for anybody to get involved with this and get a great product in the in the in the in the end of the of the whole Kickstarter. So, when is your Kickstarter ending? What's the date on the ending date? Uh, I like to. I always start on the first because that I. That's just a good place for me. Although that does make me the fool today. <laughs> like, oh, but wait a minute. He posted on the first. Is this actually? Is it real? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it is. Okay. It is. It's a good pledge right now. Again, we're already funded. Um, yeah, but good. yes, uh, we, we I typically do it for months, so I am ending this on April 30th. Okay. Okay. That's good. Now, uh, that's another thing about, uh, you know, you, you're, you're, if you got so many comics coming out, one day of you playing an April Fool's joke is not unusual, but... <laughs> 
you're not playing an April Fool's joke. This is legit. This <laughs> so is legit. We this gotta make legit. sure. And trust me, I thought about. It. I was like, should, should I wait till the second? And I'm like, no, let's get, let's get it out there. <laughs> so some of the promotion, like I've had some friends ask me to like help that they help with promotion. I'm like, I'll wait for that on a day because I don't want them to think, right? Uh, oh, is this, is this one of the scams? Because I've already seen it. Like yeah. I've seen on Discord and Twitter and Facebook and just, like pranks are everywhere. And I've done some of them myself, <laughs> and it's and it's funny. But like for this, I'm just like, no, I this this I'll wait. Really yeah, you'll wait for wait a day for that one. So I'll wait it. And you know, and uh, first of all, uh, with your creation of comics, you've got a ri- wide range of stuff. I mean, this is your salute to anime, if you will. You've got uh, Home, which I just thought was the coolest thing. It, uh, to me, it had a, a deeper meaning in that you know, if you're different, you're still going to make a difference in the world. And I, that's what I—that's I, what I got out of that comic book—is that you may be different, people may look at you funny, but you're going to make a difference in the world. And that—that's what I got. Ten thousand miles was a great family story. Oh my God! I think I'm teared up a little bit, and that's just seeing my picture in the comic. <laughs> no, no, you, you actually had a really cool family story about uh, two brothers growing up together, and it was just really yeah. neat. Um, and again, the Sherlock Holmes stuff—you've got a great library, a variety of stuff. Um, what are your future plans? I mean, you've—I think you've hit just about every genre there is. <laughs> oh, not 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 all of them. I've I've got a few more to go. Okay. Um, like for example, and I I don't remember if you saw my post about this Gil. uh later this month on the 27th i am releasing a uh noir mystery oh. in, from source point press oh oh it's yeah like, i did see that yes yeah. yes it's called, five, it's called five bullets six men it's from it's my first ever publisher i guess you say publisher created okay. uh comic book so okay. this is a huge this is a huge thing for me yeah. and uh oh yeah, so that's source point press don't uh casey pierce isn't she one of the writers for them yeah, she was actually she was actually the editor on my book. Oh, really? Okay, okay. Because I love her work. She did a series called Nora that was just yeah. She she's great. Yeah, she's awesome. Okay, well you're in good good company, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that'll lead to some things, and then I've got some other things in the works. And like I said, I just got done with a wrestling comic. Yeah, uh, I yeah. Did a, I did a story for a wrestler. Her name is Thunder Rosa. She is the current AEW Women's World Champion. Uh, and uh, I I met I got in, ta- in talking with her just completely randomly, <laughs> and I was like, you know, hey, I, I, you're really awesome. Would you like a comic about your life? And she goes, yeah. <laughs> well, who wouldn't? Why can't it, can it always be this easy, guys? I'm like, come on, All right? Yeah. So okay. Literally, literally just finished her uh, her final issue because that was a mini series, and okay. I'm gonna start selling that at con soon enough. So that will be one of the things that I include in the, like, the digital rewards and such for uh, oh, for cool. Tokyo. So cool. If you're a wrestling fan, there's another reason to pledge. You know what? I've noticed a lot of crossover between comic book fans and wrestling fans. So oh yeah. So uh, there's a, what was like Dan. Housen or is that what is someone? <laughs> Dan Housen, yeah, just Dan Housen. Oh my god! Yeah, there's some uh, people did comics based around him too, and I'm like, well, yeah, uh, okay. There, there, there's, a, there's actually quite a few uh, wrestling comics out there. A friend of mine, uh, you might know him, John Crowther. I uh, heard the name, but I can't say I do. Okay, but. well, he's he's done a lot of biography comics, not unlike what I did with Thunder Rosa. Oh, okay. Uh, he's done ones on uh, Soul Man Rocky Johnson. Oh, right on. Hacksaw uh, Jim Duggan, The Ooh. Killer Bees. Oh. Um, I think going oh, yeah, way back. Uh, oh, yeah, he, he did, like, really old-school wrestlers. <laughs> nice. He's also done, like, some more recent ones like Jake Hager. and uh, hmm. So he does that. There's also a comic called Headlocked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. he, uh, yeah, they were they were at a C two E two last year. Actually, they were they were it was a pretty big thing. They had a whole bunch of wrestlers coming in. They were just telling the stories basically. And there's one called Tales from the Road, uh, uh, and Thunder Rosa was actually in that one too. Okay, so 
Yeah, there, there's a, there's a lot of crossover, and I've been trying. Like, I, I have been trying so hard to get AEW to hire me just to make them an <laughs> AEW comic. Right. I even made. I, I know you know that one. Like, I, I made a fan comic for them, and I've been handing them out to like every wrestler I meet from <laughs> AEW. Is like, hire me, God. <laughs> and I well, got close once, but then this thing called the pandemic happened. And, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hey, you got Thunder Rosa and saying, okay. <laughs> yeah, I got that, and that, no one could take that away. From right. Me. That's for sure. Uh, so, wow. I mean, again, uh, I find it weird comic. And again, I used to go to cons and like, why is there wrestlers here? But I'm finding more and more that that's a thing. And now that I know Todd Black has done a wrestling comic, I'm in. <laughs> so, all right. Now, uh, uh, whenever uh, you get done with this, uh, well, uh, you're, I, you're not going to get done with this Tokyo Blade from what I understand. That's just an ongoing thing for you, right? Yeah. What, what I'm going to do is... Um I'm gonna I'm gonna take tackle this in arcs. So m- most my arcs are always going to be four issues: the three issues of the story, and then what I like to call my interlude saga, which is the uh, epilogue prequel to what's coming. Oh, and so that's what the issue number four was. It was wrapping up the story while yeah. teasing what was about to come with with the, with this new arc. And so mm-hmm. I'm gonna tackle those. In, in batches of four and then i'm going to take a little break so i can focus on my other projects or get something else started up <laughs> and then i'll come back to it and then hopefully over time i'll be able to build up my fan base even more and then you know someone will hire me and make an anime of this thing so, <laughs> we can only hope we well, and I, yeah and i know you said that you've got uh, a lot of stories kind of in your head are they all in your head do you have them kind of sketched out outlined someplace some of or? them some of them i have outlined some of them i i just keep in my head for now <laughs> uh like when i did tokyo i think i told gil the story a long time ago uh i got this story idea off of a facebook meme <laughs> kid you not it was one of those like what is your yada 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 you know first name last name yada oh yeah so this one was what is your anime title and i'm like i like anime i'll do that so it was first letter of your first name, that's T, so it was Tokyo. First letter of your last name, which is black, so Blade. Blade. Ah. And then uh, last last letter of your first name, which was D, and so Detectives. And it was like, Tokyo Blade Detectives. And I wrote in the comments, sounds like a franchise. That was <laughs> a, a reference to Deadpool. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. His movie. <laughs> and I was, and I, that was it. I, I typed it in, I left it, and I was gone. And then hours later, I went back and I got a message from a guy I didn't recognize. I'm like... What, who is this person? So I go back and there's the meme again. And it goes, you know, that actually does sound like a franchise. You should see what you do with it. <laughs> and, and I go, okay. So I was like, well, I'm looking at the name. I'm like, okay, Tokyo, that's the place. Detectives, that's the style kind of blade. Why would detectives need blades? And then that's where the, the tagline uh-huh. comes in. In a land where guns are outlawed, only the blade can rule. Right. And I was like, Boom! <laughs> so the floodgates literally just like burst open in my head, and I had so many ideas, I had to write them down. Wow. So I was like writing about every one of the five factions, about the leisure shorts, uh, about like, the history of my version of Japan, uh-huh. and so on and so forth. And then I sat on that story for two years because I had to get done with other things like 10,000 Miles yep. and some of my other comics. Mm-hmm. And so for other ones, which I do have ideas for, I'll write like a loose general synopsis so that i remember it and then over time i'll think of new things so Hmm. uh, like for example i have technically i technically this is also an anime comic but it's a space cowboy yeah like cowboy bebop or outlaw star yeah and so like but that fills an entirely different realm of anime so like i know that'll be different stylistically and all that so i wrote down uh 
what I wanted from that one, and then I'll come back to that eventually. So, uh, well, now who's the artist you have on this one? Uh, uh, for Tokyo Blade Detectives, it's Lam Vuvan. Okay. He is an uh, artist from Vietnam. Okay, and he's done very, very well. He he really killed. I, it took me uh, the other reason it took so long to get Tokyo going after I had all the ideas was that I needed the right artist. Like I yeah knew yeah yeah I could not do this anime comic and just you know go yeah. half halfway. I had to go full anime. Yeah. And I even had a friend who drew who draws the covers and he does great art, Alex Garcia. But yeah. um, I just felt I wanted that little something different. And when I saw Lom's work and how he like would do the action, I was like. This is the guy I need. So Lom's been doing great. He's still working on the issue right now. And in fact, since we're already funded, I'm going to say like, yeah, just just keep going. So. <laughs> that is awesome that on the first day you're funded. That's that's always a great feeling. That's never happened before. Yeah. Just, oh, really? It's, okay. It's never happened. I like seriously, 13 hours. It usually takes me like days. Yeah. I, I know. There's times whenever you're saying, "Hey, Gil, uh, uh, are you going to pledge or not?" <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm going to, Todd. Hold on. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and this time around, you got a goal of getting 100 people in there yeah, to I, donate. It, for Tokyo, I've actually have been blessed to where um, I've gotten, on average, about 100 backers. Like number one, we had 107, which is my mm-hmm. second largest, second only to, uh, to uh, 10,000 miles. Uh, and then for number four, we were like two away. And I know I had like four cancellations. I'm like, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> You're so close. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, uh, I think, but, and, and here, well, be, uh, maybe this will help help out a little bit, but being fully funded right now, that means people that if you're going to go to the Kickstarter, you're getting something. You know, if you yep. if you donate right, or if you go in and, and pledge for the Kickstarter, you're going to get something out of it because it's not going to be one of those. Well, we didn't make it, and yeah, and I've and never seen a Todd Black uh, Kickstarter that didn't succeed in some form. So. Well, and let's face it, <laughs> well, for fifteen bucks, right, you can get a buttload of comics, digital yeah. format. Yeah, that's not a bad yeah. deal at all. No. Yeah, and, and while there's always a risk of like cancellations, right now, right now mm-hmm. you're over. 120 bucks over our goal and i know personally some people who i know are going to pledge later not just you yeah not just both of you but uh i, I know that the, like, the more people that pledge the higher we are above that goal so that there's that safety net yeah and so i i know i i won't have to worry about it that versus other ones where we're like barely over the amount i'm like come on just get a little higher yeah but, and, and we're in our first day so you know, things are going to keep Oh, yeah, growing. yeah, you got plenty of time. Well, yeah, time. do you ever, I don't know if you do, I can't remember, uh, I know some comic book artists on Kickstarter do this, but have like uh, uh, stretch goals. Do you, are you, do you ever have those? I actually don't. I, my, my focus, if you will, mm-hmm. has always just been to get the comic made. And yeah. that's why I offer, if you will, somewhat simplistic rewards outside of like getting drawn in or yeah. giving all the comics away. Uh, a lot of people do stretch goals for like variant covers yeah, or yeah. like uh or extra physical content like buttons or trading I, cards yeah trading cards i saw a body t-shirts reward for some for this kickstarter i'm like that's a choice <laughs> what that's was that award what was that award body pillow what <laughs> I mean, i'm sure you can guess what was on the body pillow. Uh, yeah I, I can imagine well hey hey <laughs> it was a really weird kickstarter but hey you know, <laughs> well if but nico no. wasn't a 16 year old girl in your comic i'd say hey put her in a body pillow <laughs> but i nah, put her on mind. a shirt and, uh but that's as close as you're gonna get yeah right <laughs> interesting Besides, that's why we that's why we have the empress uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. There you go. There you go. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Quit being a pervy old man for crying out loud, Gil. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a little story about the Empress. Um, 
what and I know Gil knows this about me. I've always been rather specific about how my female characters are drawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I want to give respect and to all my female characters because I because I love them all equally. Mm-hmm. When the Empress was drawn, uh, I had her being you know very flamboyant, very colorful, and you know having this style to her. When Lom drew her for the first page of Tokyo Blade Detectives number two, let's just say her chest protruded farther <laughs> than I intended. And I'm like, and I almost had him revise it, but then I was like, you know, it is anime and she's an adult, so I'll allow it. But it's just like, I didn't tell him to do that. Yeah, well, I don't know if you ever heard on past uh, episode of the Nerd Out podcast, I've said before how comic book boobs have always disturbed me. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're going too far. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll trust they go way too far, <laughs> yeah. but I try and keep it tactful. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I like that about you because you, you keep and you keep them realistic. Basically, I mean, even with your Guardians series of comics, uh, you had these heroes that were. I mean, they were all heroes. I mean, these guys had special powers, but at the same time, they were down to earth, if you will, and yeah. it's like realistic. And I mean, I'm, I'm again getting away from the comic book boobies, which again, I don't like bomb comic book boobies. They're weird, but um, you keep them. You keep these guys real. You didn't have, uh, you know, you didn't have anything protruding in any way. There so, <laughs> but no. yeah, all right. Well, uh, uh, all right. Any, uh, well, Tony, you got any more, any questions for Todd? No, I just, uh, I'm going to have to hop online here and uh, go. Uh, <laughs> Go pledge. Well, he's playing with his phone as we speak. I can't tell yeah. if he's on TikTok or no, Kickstarter. I'm on Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I give Tony a heart. Pledge right now, you'll be our 30th backer, so that'd be, that'd be nice. Ooh. See, I can't, I can't tell. Gil could be 31. Yeah, I, I will be yeah, maybe 40. <laughs> <laughs> now, as soon as we get done here and I get the podcast loaded up, I'm gonna, uh, I'll am gonna i get on there because, Todd, you know I always support you because I love yeah. your stuff, man. Ever since I met you at the first con, which I think was NerdCon. Yeah, here in Robinson, con. Illinois. Long time ago. Wow. Gosh, I, I missed that con, dude. That yeah. was a fun one. Yeah, we, oh, we had a blast. And uh, we, we, did. we did it. For yeah, a I was years. running around NerdCon, too. Yeah, you were. That's when. That's actually, that's actually the first time you and I yeah, talked, officially right? met. Tony interviewed me. <laughs> he was working at the radio station here, and he decided to interview me for the NerdCon. And then next uh-huh. thing you know, I'm working with him. <laughs> there you go. So, but yeah, and then uh, I've seen you around at like, uh, Indie PopCon and stuff like that. So are you going to be doing the con scene this year now that they're Yes. Back open? Uh, yeah, back open. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have two cons this month, which I can now say because it's April. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to be at Saluki Con oh, in nice. uh, Carpendale, Illinois. That's two weeks from tomorrow. That's my uh, alma mater, by the way, SIU. Really? Yep. I honestly didn't know that. Now you know. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. I, used to go, I used to go there on church trips. There was a convention that was held right around there, and so we would actually stay in the SIU dorms. Oh, nice. Okay. So always, I always had a connection to the Salukis, but, uh, <laughs> but so that that's on the 16th, and then the very next weekend, I'm going to be going to uh, Planet Comic Con in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, nice. Nice. That's, that's that, a great con. When I lived in Kansas City, that, that was the one I loved going to. That was a huge con. I was I did that one last year, and even with the pandemic situation, it was my best con really? ever for sales. Nice. Period. That's- so I'm hoping to replicate that. Well, that con, and, that uh, one that one will always hold a place in my heart because that's where I met Lou Ferrigno, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's the best thing ever. And uh, this was this I didn't get a picture with him. This was before selfies were a thing, and I also didn't get his autograph, which I kicked myself every single day for. <laughs> but I shook yeah. the man's hand, and he engulfed my hand. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, all right. Anyway, yeah, let's, let's just some more cons that you're doing. 
Uh, I'm going to be doing Metropolis. I'm sorry, Superman Celebration. Yes, right. Metropolis. Uh-huh. Uh, I always do that one every year. Mm-hmm. That will be in June, I think, first weekend, first or second weekend. Okay. Uh, I'm already signed up for Grand Rapids Comic Con in uh, Michigan, which is in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the wow. Summer Bash that's coming up soon. That's the one in November. Okay. And uh, I'm going to try and do C2E2. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to be there regardless, but whether I'm in RS Alley or not is up, is up for debate. Okay. So... Uh, and currently that's it, but I'm always looking for more cons. So if, if you know, if Gil, if you want to try and restart NerdCon or call it Nerd Up Con, you know, by all means. I should, I should. We should have Nerd Up Con. I think I, I know of a few people that might help with that. So good. <laughs> well, I, I will definitely be inviting you if we ever do start that up again. That's for sure. Because awesome. I, I remember the, um, one thing. My wife loved your booth because you had free candy. <laughs> I do. Always have the free candy. Yeah, he's, he's, Todd always has a dish of free candy. for nice. You don't have to buy anything. You just, you know, just say hi or whatever. Yeah. And you get free candy. Yeah. Who doesn't like free candy? Right. <laughs> so, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully finding some cons that I'll be meeting you up with or meeting up with you and uh, saying hi because, again, you always have fun and free candy. So, <laughs> And, again, folks, head over to Kickstarter. Uh, how, what's the easiest way to find, them, find this on Kickstarter? Just type in, uh, go to the main page, kickstarter.com, and type in Tokyo Blade Detectives number five, mm-hmm. and it'll be right there. It'll show you that it's an active project, and uh, check out the rewards. Pledge what you can, and please share, uh, spread it around so that uh, I can reach 100 backers and maybe beyond. I would def- it'll definitely be shared on the well, I just, uh, uh, I actually just downloaded the Kickstarter app for oh. my phone. So oh, I should do that. Apparently they have an app. Uh, although, although. I downloaded it and then my phone died. So. There you go. I was about to say, because I, I noticed that it has not changed. I'm <laughs> staring at it right now. Yeah. I'm like, where is it? Yeah. So. We'll blame his phone, sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> technology ruining But definitely uh, head over to Kickstarter. Uh, Tokyo Blade Detectives number five is definitely, and again, with $15, get all those digital comics. That's well, freaking and it's awesome. It's really a gorgeous, uh, gorgeous comic. I mean, looking at yeah. some of the art, and I watched, uh, I muted it, but I watched the Kickstarter video uh-huh. that uh, he's got posted there, and it's really a gorgeous comic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fun. And, and if you get the first couple, or the see, second and third, I think, are the ones that I'm in. <laughs> You'll have a very powerful oh, comic right there. Awesome. <laughs> so one blessed by Gil. That's right. <laughs> so well, again, Todd made Gil approved. Well, and again, yes. I, I love the idea that for for a, a fifteen dollar donation, which you know is a Starbucks drink. Let's face it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for a fifteen dollar donation, you're going to get a whole slew of digital comics, and I think that's spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, Todd, we're here to support you, and we're definitely going to get the word out. I'll be posting uh, not only with this podcast, but uh, I'll be putting some links in with the uh, Nerd Up podcast page, but also on our Facebook page as well. And I'm going to help spread the news as best I can because I'm a fan, Todd. I'm a fan. Can't break it down any further. And I, and I appreciate it, my friend. <laughs> so, uh, well, Todd Black, uh, great uh, hearing from you again. I wish you again more and more success because apparently you've got the ideas. <laughs> yeah, and if people want to learn more about you, they find you on Facebook. Yeah, I'm on Facebook. I'm also on Twitter at Guardians underscore comic. Also on Instagram is at the same handle. So they'll find me. All right. And now let me uh, on Facebook. You do a regular uh, Todd's tidbits video thing. Yeah, I do. I do every Friday at seven o'clock. I'm not sure I'll be doing it today. It just depends on certain things. Uh But uh, I just talk about, you know, 
Well, basically, it's stuff and and have fun. Yeah, yeah. You, you you do a video version of the Nerd Up podcast. Uh, I've there noticed. you go. So I've, well, I've watched you a couple times. So thank you. <laughs> you talk about things. I'll be like, oh yeah. And then in the next episode of the Nerd Up podcast, I'll be talking about what you just said. So, <laughs> so I inspire you. You do. You do. You really yes. do. <laughs> yes, inspiration, not plagiarism. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, all right, Todd. Thanks again for joining us. And uh, uh, again, wish you all the luck. And uh, I'll be I'll be getting on there pledging real soon. So uh, once again, folks, that was. Todd Black, go help fund his Kickstarter. I'll share the links on the Nerd Up podcast website and the Facebook page. And on my own personal, I'll be sharing that like crazy. So um, that brings an end to the Nerd Up podcast for this time around. Um, Like we say at the end of every episode, stay Stay nerdy. Classic Hits, WTYE. Listen online at WTYEFM.com. Via the TuneIn Radio app. Or say Alexa, play Classic Hits, WTYE. It's all online. Classic Hits, WTYE, with the news that matters to you. Visit WTYEFM.com and follow us on Twitter at WTYE News. The news you trust, the music you love. Classic Hits, WTYE.